0: We are two friends trying to gain perspective on the remarkable world around us. I'm Jet Jones. I'm Mackenzie DeMaio. And this is Friends Fascinated. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to review and subscribe. This episode, we are going to do a deep dive into conjoined twins.
1: Before researching this topic, I had very little understanding of conjoined twins and the science and the history behind it. And so this was really eye-opening for me to learn a little bit more about the science behind it.
0: I watched that TLC show with conjoined twins when I was growing up. And so I had an idea that people like that existed where something happened to where two twins were connected into one body. And so I was aware of this before we got to researching, but as we dove in, I didn't really realize that there were this many people throughout history and um, what their stories were. So it was really intriguing to dive into this.
1: So learning a little bit about conjoined twins, um, just for anyone who isn't aware, uh, conjoined twins are two identical twins that are born physically connected to each other. Uh, It's really rare, so um, it's actually kind of vague how rare it even is. The statistics were that it's somewhere between 1 and 49,000 and 1 and 190,000. Wow. It's a big range. Yeah, it is. Either way, it's very rare. For some reason, there's a higher incidence in the Southwest Asia and Africa areas, Hmm. but we really don't know much about this, so it was hard to understand why that even could be. Uh, Approximately half of conjoined twins unfortunately are born stillborn so meaning they are no longer alive
0: yeah that makes sense because i guess technically if you think about it it is some form of fetal deformity Mm -hmm. so if they're born with complications i could imagine that would be the outcome unfortunately
1: yeah and i'll get into this more later but a lot of them share organs which can cause a lot of additional complications in addition to half of them being born stillborn an additional one-third die within 24 hours Hmm, that's crazy Yeah, so um, I think that adds to the rarity of conjoined twins because the ones that are born often don't live very long, unfortunately. One fact that was really interesting and that I didn't find any reasoning for was that the ratio of live births are three females to one male ratio. And as far as I saw, it is most common, if not 100%, that they are conjoined, they're the same gender. Hmm.
0: Actually, yeah. From all of my research I did, I don't know any male female conjoined twins. So uh, I guess yeah. that makes sense to the identical part because mm. from what I understand of identical, um, like egg development for twins, it's one egg that splices into two to make them identical, so they clone each other. But for fraternal twins, they are two separate eggs um, that develop in the same like uterus together at the same time
1: well actually not exactly so one thing with conjoined twins is that they share the same amniotic sac and that's not that common so it's 100 percent of the time with conjoined twins and that can happen a lot with regular twins huh i did not know that fraternal twins my understanding is it's two sperm and two eggs huh or two eggs yeah it would have to be two sperm Mm -hmm. and two eggs and fraternal twins it's one egg and two sperm
0: Yeah. I think. I mean, that sounds right to me. We're not scientists. We're not scientists. (laughs) And this is a good point to put in our disclaimer where today we're going to be talking about people with, like I said, fetal deformities or errors that happened in the development within the womb where two twins, where you would want them to be born, two separate healthy bodies where they could live independent lives. A lot of them could be born conjoined which is what we're going to talk about today so just so you know we are not experts in any of the medical side of this we just really in anything at all (laughs) very true (laughs) but we want to present the information to you guys so that you can be a little bit more informed just like um, we're excited about doing today and our research was very interesting learning more into this so i hope you guys can give us a little bit of slack because the technical terms and those things we're not experts in but we do want to share the information that we found
1: yeah and of course with anything if you have interesting facts or additional information please send it our way either through twitter or instagram or email so that way we can learn more even after we finish our research that would be awesome
0: and we're a very small podcast so just so you know if you reach out i will be personally contacting you back so (laughs) just in case you were wanting the hope that a podcast would actually get back to you and two podunk girls over in somewhere in washington would get back to you just know we're your girls yes and we will get back to you
1: Um, So to kind of continue that conversation as far as um, how twins are formed, there are two contradicting theories for how conjoined twins come to be. One of them is fission, which is the fertilized egg splits partially, and so it doesn't split all the way, and then the babies continue to develop conjoined. The other common theory is no longer believed by most scientists is my understanding and that's fusion which is when the fertilized egg completely separates and then the stem cells which search for similar cells find other stem cells on the other twin
0: and reconnect that makes sense that it's not believed because mm -hmm. that would be fraternal twins right and from um, what we, all maybe. of our research, because two eggs is fraternal.
1: Well, that doesn't say it's multiple eggs, though. It says the egg separates.
0: Oh, I guess that's true. So, could, so I don't know. It could be like the identical twins could, their mm. eggs could separate. Yeah. And then the um, the stem cells could connect them back together.
1: That was my understanding. But again, I am no scientist. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it sounds like there's some some competing theories, but the most dominant theory right now is that the egg splits partially, but not fully. Hmm. Um, so there's no specific sign or symptom during pregnancy that indicates conjoined twins, although conjoined twins can be diagnosed in the pregnancy by using a standard ultrasound,
0: and that can be done as early as the first trimester. Thank God we're in the modern world, because you could imagine where all of a sudden you think, you <laughs> know, I'm very pregnant, I think it might be twins. Oh wait, they're conjoined twins, and then you have to handle all that back I, in the old yeah, age. Yeah,
1: no, that, that would be, it, it'd be a lot harder not to, Knowing, yeah. So at least with this, you can plan for it, which I'll I'll get into it later. But there's more things you can do to plan ahead, Hmm. and so more detailed ultrasounds can be done throughout the rest of the pregnancy to help understand how the twins are connected and any organs that they share. When it's discovered that a mother is carrying conjoined twins, a C-section is planned ahead of time, usually about two to four weeks before the due date of the babies. And after the conjoined twins are born, the healthcare team can decide. Uh, essentially what their care needs to be and if separation is even an option for the twins.
0: As we've learned, many organs that can be shared, they're either vital to survival or not. So Mm -hmm. if those organs, if you need your heart to live and they're sharing one heart, you can't just split them apart and give one half a heart and the other half a heart. It's not how it's going to work.
1: And I have a bunch of stats about what the percentages of where the twins are often conjoined. And in my research, most of them share at least some vital organs. So, the highest percentage was that 28% of the cases are joined at the chest. Usually, they share a heart, liver, and or part of the digestive system. 18.5% are thorax to belly, so the heart is always involved in these cases. As of 2015, separation of a genuine shared heart has not been offered survival for both twins. A designated twin may survive if a lot of the heart, sacrificing the other twin, which... I can't even
0: imagine. No, I feel like to make that sort of decision, especially as a parent, if Mm -hmm. it was an infant or a young child, the other conjoined twin would have to be at least fully mentally disabled where they couldn't mentally function or they had no brain function to make that decision. I could not imagine officially making that decision if both children had Mm -hmm. mental function.
1: And I'll get into, uh, I have a, a brief story later, but I think... A common reason for that would be if keeping them joined threatened the lives of both twins, yeah. where if you could save one, it would theoretically be better. Jeez, so,
0: that's so tough.
1: I, yeah, as a parent, I can't even imagine. And my understanding is that a lot of times these surgeries, at least nowadays, happen pretty young. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the twins have a say. Um, So going down the list, 10% are connected at the lower abdomen, so the heart is never involved in these, but twins often share a liver, digestive system, diaphragm, and other organs. Uh, Another 10% are asymmetrically conjoined, resulting in one twin that is small and less deformed and dependent on the larger twin for survival. 6% are fused at the skull, but have separate bodies. They can be joined at the side, back, or front of the head, but not the face or the base of the skull. So, as far as separation of twins, it ranges from being a very easy surgery to being very difficult, depending completely on where they're joined. Most cases are very risky and life-threatening for one or both twins. Oftentimes, the twins are joined at the head and share vital organs, and that's the main reason for the complication. A study by Northwestern University found that the quality of life of twins who remain conjoined to be higher than commonly assumed. Hmm. So super interesting that I would imagine that's a very subjective survey but I, I would imagine people assume that it would be hard to be a conjoined twin and based on that fact I would say it's it's not as hard as people would assume. Yeah. So I know for myself most of the conjoined twins that I had any visibility to were through the media so i have a few references as far as fiction so some of the tv shows that were referenced some of these were things like uh cat dog for example which is a <laughs> cartoon cat and dog conjoined. that we all grow up with yeah so that's when i remember as a kid uh dragon tales was another one i loved the show dragon oh tales. yeah i know so zach and wheezy yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I love that them. show Yep. So it was a two-headed dragon and it was a brother and a sister making a set of conjoined twins. Yeah. So that one I was excited to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Grey's Anatomy is a medical show so it's not surprising that they would have a handful of references. I've
0: been watching that so I was actually thinking about I think I've seen the episode where they (laughs) like everyone was all so excited to be a Mm -hmm. part of that surgery where they separated conjoined twins.
1: Fun fact I watched 12 seasons of Grey's Anatomy in my senior year of college. Oh my and gosh. somehow I got a 4.0 that year. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I majored in human resources, nothing medical. That's crazy because I at that was... <laughs> time
0: I was listening to um house or really? watching that on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, how
1: funny. Yeah. So uh that was like the theme song of my senior year, playing in the background <laughs> while I was like doing homework.
0: That's stuff. me now. I'm living that life right now. I yeah. think I'm in season five or something of Grey's Anatomy. It's so good.
1: Yeah, it's it's good in like a very interesting and odd way I can't even explain it but I love explaining to people that I watch 12 seasons
0: in a school year it's a lot <laughs> I mean at that point you might as well have called it a podcast or background noise <laughs> see it
1: was I was like doing homework cleaning my house uh, well actually my like one bedroom teeny tiny itty bitty (laughs) apartment yeah (laughs) but anyway um a couple common shows that might be familiar to other people are things like rick and morty x-files american horror story and south park there was a long list but those were a couple that i thought might be more recognizable there was also a lot of movies um one uh was called stuck on you with matt damon and greg kinnear and so that was about, I, I believe they were adult, well, they'd have to be adult conjoined twins. Hmm. Um, the Adams Family was one that had, I think, a relative that was conjoined twins. Um, Monsters University was one. This one I had to shout out. The 1999 movie Twin Falls, Idaho portrays conjoined twin brothers who played by two non-conjoined identical twin brothers, one whom directed the film and both of whom co-wrote the screenplay. Wow. We're a couple Idaho girls, so (laughs) I was shocked to see a Twin Falls, Idaho movie about this. Oh my goodness, of course. Yeah. (laughs) So I have not seen it. I know nothing about it, but I was shocked to see the title find that movie (laughs) so uh that's gonna be our friday night (laughs) um but there's a lot of others that were listed ones that either i didn't recognize ones from other countries that i just wasn't familiar with so a long list but most famous i would say was a set of conjoined twin brothers from the 1800s um named chang and ang bunker
0: And boy, did they live their (laughs) lives. Yeah, so they
1: were born in 1811 and lived until 1874. So they were about 63 years old. They were Thai brothers, born in Siam, which is now Thailand. They traveled widely for many years and were labeled as the Siamese twins. So that's kind of what coined that as a common term. And they were joined at the torso by a band of flesh cartilage and a fused liver. In modern times, they could have been easily separated, but this was the 1800s those types of surgeries probably weren't they probably would have just
0: taken a machete to their center Ugh. and been like hmm we'll see if you survive
1: <laughs> honestly i could see that happening uh and i can't imagine they knew that they shared a liver <laughs> at that time yeah. i don't know um but due to the brother's fame and the rarity of the condition the term siamese twins came to be used as a synonym for conjoined
0: twins yep So they're from Siam, as you mentioned, which hence they are Siamese. Putting that all together for you, you're welcome. (laughs) So they were the OG uh, conjoined twins that we're going to be referencing and there's a lot of really cool information on them and their history. So um, these two prevailed over extraordinary odds and prejudice in the 19th century. Eventually, they were brought to the west to be exhibited in freak shows and to be probed by doctors, but they eventually became rich through all of their turmoil and struggles. So it all started, as Mackenzie said, in 1911 when they were born to two midwives who helped them be birthed. And I guess they were twisted together and they were saved because their where they were conjoined at got twisted apart by their midwives and they were born staring into each other's eyes. So you can imagine, if you're conjoined twins, you have to be best friends with them because you're going to spend your whole life with them, especially back in 1811.
1: That is my constant thought, is that what if they don't like each other?
0: Seriously. So it sounds like actually... We always assume it's going to be worse than it is. Everything I've ever read about a conjoined twin says that they were pretty good friends. Of course, they're going to butt heads once in a while no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, because you're conjoined to someone, there's going to be times where you're fighting or just getting along a lot, but it seems like they always were pretty good friends. So something very interesting about the original Siamese twins is that their mother encouraged the boys to exercise where they would stretch the point where they were connected at, which if you can imagine, they're connected from stomach to stomach, Physically, that's what you would see. So Hmm. their legs are separate, their arms are separate, but stomach to stomach is where the connection point is. It's kind of like a skin tube. And in that skin tube is their liver, but their mom really wanted them to be active children and to have mobility. And so she encouraged them to stretch. Good and for o- her. I know. And over time, these boys were able to stretch their connection point five more inches. That's a with- lot. I know. And it allowed them to have so much more mobility. And I think was able to get them where they were. So in a lot of ways... As we know, in the modern day, they would have been able to be disconnected or separated Mm -hmm. through surgery. But through stretching, they were actually able to have pretty, I mean, of course, they're connected, but independent movement. So if you can just imagine two human beings standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip but their stomachs are connected, they're still able to live pretty separate lives Mm -hmm. and kind of do their own thing with their, like, best friend and brother by their side. Mm -hmm. So growing up in Siam, their family used to sell and preserve duck eggs. Oh. I know. So it was like a farm. Seemed like they were kind of a poor family. But eventually, this man named Robert Hunter was the first one to discover these twins. Um, When he saw them, he thought they were a strange animal because they were swimming in the river together. So that's how mobile they were. They could actually physically swim across a river. I mean, rivers have a current. Yeah, that's impressive. (laughs) Really. Exactly. And so he saw them and realized that they were two connected people, but they were a part of an impoverished farming family. Mm -hmm. So he took them in. And basically begged them to be, come back west with them and be um, in an exhibit for curiosities. Wow. So it took about five years uh, for him to convince the boys to come with him back to America. And he took them on his boat and they rowed over together and came to America. They started out in Boston where they exhibited as the Siamese double boys and they were an immediate sensation which i mean even to this day i feel like seeing something like that would be astonishing i don't think i've ever seen siamese or conjoined twins i haven't in person so i can imagine it's quite the spectacle um across the u.s they performed four to six hours a day six days a week they entertained thousands um they did backflips Wow! I know. Oh my so, gosh! Like that little skin tube connecting them must have been pretty flexible, you know. Wow! I mean?
1: They'd have to be so in sync, but I—I I guess that would be their lives. Yep,
0: yep. Um, so they were lucky to survive because, as we mentioned before, not a lot of conjoined twins would survive more than a couple days. Mm-hmm. But because their connection was so loose—in lack of a better term—they yeah. had the mobility to have a little bit more freedom to do what they could. So in the 1930s, they sailed over to London where leading physicians waited to examine them. At five feet two inches tall, the twins were now fully grown, and their connecting ligament was about the size and roundness of a child's arm. Whoa. Each one appeared to sense when the other was tickled or <gasps> ate an unpleasant tasting food, Ooh. but he couldn't hear a whisper in the other's ear or feel a pinch of his arm, which makes sense. Yeah. That's more nerves than, b- like, brain sensations. Mm-hmm. So of course it was always analyzed like could these people be separated and many doctors took a look and it was kind again back then i don't think they really had anything like a cat scan where they could tell or an mri where they could see what organs were conjoined so it definitely would have been like a 50 50 shot no matter what like Mm -hmm. you could survive or not and so these guys realized that like if they were resilient they could stay together yeah connected and they could move forward and be prosperous because they became entertainers so after they had a stint in London in 1831 at their age of 20 um, they were a little bit healthier and a little bit more educated and they came back to work um, for Hunter the original man who discovered them back in Siam and put their foot down and decided that they deserved respect because they were entertainers. Yeah. Which
1: is really great. Yeah, I think Um, so too, especially in the 1800s.
0: Yeah. So there was many rumors about these guys. Of course, as anybody could think, someone with a deformity or someone who is differently abled than you. Mm -hmm. People have speculation as far as why they are where they are in life. And so it was always speculated um, if they would have stayed in Siam, if they would have been sold to slavery. And so Mm -hmm. that's something they always fought against. And they were not wanting to be mistreated for their physical condition. They wanted to be respected as performers. Yeah, as they should be. Yes. And so eventually, and I mean, this was a part of the time, so I'm not necessarily going to comment on the fact that it wasn't good. But at a certain point, they made enough of their own money where they were in North Carolina and they had their own slaves in their own farm. And oh, wow. And they had 200 acres all to themselves. Wow. I know. it's a lot. I know. Um, and over time, as they settled into their farm, rumors spread around that they were looking for some ladies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it was no secret to the public that uh, these two brothers would often give each other a little nudge nudge and talk about how <laughs> <laughs> women were attractive to them. And they were definitely on the prowl. But at one point, um, they realized that they had a neighboring farmer with two daughters. Huh. And over several years, Cheng, the slimmer, more attractive brother, met Adelaide and fell in love. And Aang, who was kind of the shorter, um, a little bit more physically or appearance-wise deformed and a little bit shorter, um, met Sarah, the sister. So... Just imagine being conjoined twins and your brother falls in love with the sister and you're like, I uh-huh. guess I'll date the sister. <laughs> <laughs> we're not in love, but, I mean, convenience sake, I guess. You kind of have to marry the sibling, too. Exactly. <laughs> so, they were. this is in the Victorian era. So, okay. marrying two sisters just made sense. Um, so, after... About five years of convincing, Sarah was like, I guess I'll marry your brother if you love my my sister that much. So, um... I mean, that's
1: a long time to convince a sister, hey, marry me too. Yeah, back then,
0: I mean, some courting stages in nowadays is shorter than that, so... Took some convincing, but yeah. she got into it over time, went on. <laughs> and I mean, if you think about it, if subjectively you're you're stepping back and you're like, you know what? This guy's a performer. He's famous. <laughs> he just <laughs> comes with a brother, I guess. So I guess I'll marry him. So both couples were married by a Baptist preacher in the dad's living room. So they got married at their neighbor's house. Um, and then the four of them returned to the bunker household, which... Chang and Eng's last name is Bunker. So they returned back to their farm and they basically had uh, one bed to share because you could imagine their bodies are connected. So Mm -hmm. two husbands, one bed,
1: (laughs) I guess is how that goes. Huh. Yeah. Makes
0: sense. So, of course, there's speculation and even to this day, I think some people's first thought in conjoined twins or Siamese twins is uh how do these people have intimate relationships? but apparently <laughs> <laughs> Chang and Eng uh, were pretty successful because they rapidly produced some children. Um, right away, both women became pregnant. Hmm. Um, and both gave birth to their firstborn child within six days of each other. Whoa. So whatever intimacy was happening. <laughs> wow. I don't that's... know how those dates work, you know, because they're two separate women. I don't but... want to.
1: Yep. I don't even want to. Yeah. Let's
0: not do any let's math. Not. Let's not imagine anything. Nope. But let's just say timing pretty in alignment. Yep. <laughs> and then if you want to hear about how big of champions Chang and Aang were, <laughs> Mackenzie, I want you to guess. How many children Chang and Aang had with their two wives? I'm
1: trying to think at that time period, and technically it's two couples, I would say 15
0: kids total. 21. <gasps> oh my gosh! Children whoa and so any conjoined twins (laughs) nope doesn't look like it so ang the one who took five years to convince his lovely lady to even be with him he ended up beating his brother by one child and having 11 children and chang had 10 (laughs) that's so many i know so it was never publicly outed of course their bedroom arrangements because yeah it was a very
1: conservative time exactly I think even today exactly that wouldn't really be a common topic
0: yep it is of note to mention that none of the children were physically deformed hmm. um i guess two of them were deaf though so they had oh. different abilities than others so Interesting. just a little different but again with 21 children i suppose your chances aren't that amazing to have 21 perfect children right there i mean science would <laughs> yeah they're... yeah probability not in their favor right yeah that's a lot of kids yep In 1868, they returned back to Britain because they had fond memories from before they were 20 years old when they visited and performed. So they, again, advertised themselves as basically human monsters, but if you can think of the advantage for them, they're being paid just to show up somewhere. So I can imagine myself, let's say, had a big, huge elephant nose or something, And that was my deformity. Of course, if I couldn't get a regular job because it was too distracting, I guess that would be the way to survive, right? You just have to adapt to your environment. In 1870, as they were returning from a tour in Europe and Asia, Chang suffered a stroke on the side that his brother was on. So if you can imagine the closest side to his brother, a stroke means, I guess, they have some... neuro connection problems and they're losing feeling on that side and having a stroke on that side usually strokes are on one side or the other of the body his brother ang nursed him back as best as he could carrying around cheng's now useless leg in a sling as his ailing brother leant on a crutch wow yep i mean if you can imagine carrying around dead weight like that and you're already deformed, that could be a big struggle mentally and physically on what you're doing. So in January of 1874, when the twins were 62, Chang caught bronchitis, but still insisted that they venture out into the cold to honor their twice-weekly house-moving ritual, which I didn't mention before, Uh, eventually, I don't know if it was like the wives were having trouble or they were having trouble, but they ended up on their 200-acre property having two houses, one for each wife and set Hmm. of children. And they had a back-and-forth schedule where one week they stayed with one wife and the other week they stayed with the other. I mean,
1: I can imagine 21 children. That's 25 people. You probably don't want them all in one house.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway... Even in the cold, they decided to keep up with their arrangement because happy wife, happy life. And they had two (laughs) wives to keep happy. So he's like, I got bronchitis, dude, but we need to walk to see your wife because (laughs) we know what she's like. (laughs) In-laws, am I right? (laughs) Just kidding. I love my (laughs) in-laws. So, unfortunately, two days later, after they had their move over to their other house, Ang woke up early and called for help because his brother Chang had died. Oh. He yelled out, Then I'm going. I'm going to die. I am dying. He oh drew his brother close to him and uttered his final words, May the Lord have mercy on my soul.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: A doctor had arrived in attempts to cut them apart, but by the time he got there, Aang was also dead. Um, That was just two and a half hours after his brother had passed away. Wow. As you can imagine, with anybody, if they shared a liver and the liver is to die, Um, and of course this was way back when, so who knows how many organs they actually had connected, where if one of them dies, the other one dies. Wow. Yeah. So they're pretty epic. I mean, they're the first known Siamese or conjoined twins, and it sounds like they were definitely they, the most famous. I know, and they lived so long. To yeah, 62. 60 years
1: old. Yeah. Married kids, families. Like, they probably still have, like, descendants alive.
0: Yeah, very true. Very true. I mean, could you imagine looking up your ancestry and find. <laughs> Ancestry.com. Fi- oh. <laughs> Wow yeah that's that's
1: crazy Mm -hmm. yeah and so I I definitely did some research on some of the history and so there was a lot of I I shouldn't say a lot there was a handful of conjoined twins throughout the years the oldest pair of conjoined twins that I saw were in ancient Peru depicted to be conjoined twins uh, on a ceramic at that time dating back to 3000 BCE and so that's of course a very rough estimate but you would imagine if it was depicted on ceramics that must have been because someone had seen it and so next if you look back according to a byzantine historian around 300 bce um the quote was in the village of emmaus in palestine a child was born perfectly normal below the navel but divided above it so that it had two chests and two heads each possessing the senses One would eat and drink, but the other did not eat. One would sleep, but the other stayed awake. There were times when they played with each other. Both cried and hit each other. They lived for a little over two years. One died while the other lived for another four days. It too died. The first recorded separation of conjoined twins took place also in the Byzantine Empire in the 1900s. One of the conjoined twins had already died, so the doctor of the two attempted to separate the dead twin from the surviving twin. The result was partly successful as the remaining twin lived for three days after separation. Moving forward, the English twin sisters Mary and Eliza Chulkhurst were conjoined twins that lived from 1100 to 1134 and were another very well-known historical example of conjoined twins.
0: So Mary and Eliza were born to a fairly wealthy family in the 1100s their bodies were joined at the hips and shoulders, which all of the images that I looked up, they were literally like if two people were standing side by side, but they were missing like their middle arm and they Mm -hmm. were connected at the shoulder, that's what they looked like. So unlike all the other research I did on other conjoined twins, they were the only ones that were like so equally side by Mm -hmm. side. Naturally, they were very close friends, as most Siamese or conjoined twins were. And of course, just like any other siblings, they had times where they would fight and disagree over minor matters, and they had frequent quarrels about... just about anything and sometimes it even led to some blows <laughs> oh wow <laughs> so just like giving your sister a big punch in the arm <laughs> I imagine it would be hard to punch your sister in the face if she was probably right there. you couldn't get a clean like shot right to the face <laughs> anyway in 1134 Mary was suddenly taken ill and died oh It was proposed that Eliza should separate from her sister's corpse before she died, but she refused. She said, as we came together, we will also go together. And she also died six hours later. Wow. Which is very interesting because if you think about anatomy of the human body, and of course, this was in the 1100s, So who knows what was documented with Mm -hmm. that of what organs they actually shared or if... This could have even been folklore about two twins who were very close to each other. You never know if people were just making it up. I assumed that these people were actually conjoined twins, mm-hmm. but if they were just conjoined at the hip and the shoulder, that maybe she didn't need to die. But again, I guess she was strong and decided to go with her sister.
1: And so they would have been in their mid-30s.
0: Yes. Basically, the story with them is that they were two conjoined twins who were born to a wealthy family and then eventually ended up passing away and left some of their goodwill to the bread and cheese lands. And those funds were donated to the poor. So it looks like um, even to this day, they still celebrate these two twins because as you can imagine, Siamese or conjoined twins do not come along very often so sometimes they are uplifted and kept in folklore or myths and legends and their essence is still a part of the modern culture and they're still celebrated for being a giving pair of twins and so it's a pretty short story but I mean it's interesting that it goes all the way back to the 1100s and provides us with some context into how that was treated back then so it seems like They had a pretty normal life, and it could have helped because they were from a wealthy family.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, So jumping forward about 500 years, the next case, um, this one is about the first successful case of separating conjoined twins. So this was performed in Germany in 1689, and I actually don't have many details about it, but that was um, essentially the first recorded successful separation of conjoined twins. Jumping forward about 20 more years was Helen and Judith of Hungary, And they enjoyed a brief career in music before being sent to live in a convent. And I believe you have some more information about them.
0: Yes. Helen and Judith were born in Hungary on October 26, 1701. (laughs) So it was said that the conjoined state of the twins was attributed to the force of the mother's imagination during the period of gestation, So, back then, they believed that the mom... (laughs) She thought too hard. (laughs) Thought too hard about her twins being born, joined together? Jeez. I mean, in 1701, I'm gonna guess that there weren't ultrasounds telling them that they had even twins in their womb. Jeez. So, I'm gonna say uh, that is busted, and she wasn't hoping for that, but anyway...
1: Jeez, that's annoying, and I... mm. Yep. Women are not crazy.
0: (laughs) Anyway... The twins were born um, and they shared a bone fusion from the second vertebra down to the sacrum in their coccyx. Because they were joined by bone, it wasn't flexible at all. So they were not similar to the first Siamese that we talked about where they just had some organs and skin connecting them. They had actual vertebrae fused together. The joint where they were connected was so inflexible that between the two of them usually the stronger one helen would bend over to pick something up and the other twin was lifted off the ground they could not walk sideways as most conjoined twins learn to do rather one was pulled backward as the other one walked forward wow yeah From the ages of two to nine years old, the sisters exhibited in Germany, Holland, and England, also in France, Italy, and Poland. Wow,
1: and that's so young.
0: Yeah, they became talented singers and spoke Hungarian, high Dutch, German, French, and some English. Judith was born delayed to her sister and she was the sicklier and smaller twin. At the age of six, she suffered a stroke, leading to paralysis in the left side of her body. After this, she left even weaker and less active and pathetic, said Helen. On the other hand, Helen remained active, sprightly, and intelligent. The pair suffered measles, smallpox simultaneously, but experienced other illnesses at different times. Judith sometimes convulsed or had seizures, but Helen remained unaffected. They slept and became hungry and thirsty at separate times and shared no sensations. Wow. Oh. This is the records from 1701, so who knows how closely they were being studied or any of those things, but it seems like they were pretty separate as far as feelings go.
1: Wow. That's very different from a lot of the things that I've read.
0: Yeah. So, apparently, at the age of nine, Helen and Judith were placed in a convent of nuns at St. Ursula in Pressburg, Hungary, Hmm. where they would remain for the rest of their lives. Wow. In 1723, Judith fell gravely ill with the disease of brain and lungs. Helen remained well at first, but soon developed a fever. On February 8th of 1723, the twins died at almost the exact same time. Wow. They were laid to rest in the churchyard of the convent. Pretty crazy stuff.
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it looks like that would mean that they lived to the age of 22, which still leaves the Siamese brothers in lead for oldest yeah. Siamese twins that we've talked about today.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And then um, jumping forward to the 1850s, Millie and Christine McCoy were born into slavery in North Carolina. They were sold to a showman, at birth but soon kidnapped by a rival showman the kidnapper fled to england but was thwarted because england had already banned slavery he traveled to england to collect the girls and brought with him their mother from whom they had been separated he and his wife provided the twins with an education and taught them to speak five languages play music and sing for the rest of the century the twins enjoyed a successful career as the two-headed nightingale and appeared with the Barnum Circus. In 1912, they died of tuberculosis 17 hours apart, so they lived to be around 63.
0: Wow. So a year older than the original Siamese
1: boys. So that's the oldest living set of conjoined twins that we've come across. Mm -hmm. In 1955, a team at Mercy Hospital in Chicago performed the first successful operation to separate twins that were conjoined at the head. This resulted in long-term survival for both. The larger girl was reported in 1963 as developing normally, but the smaller was permanently impaired. In 1957, a surgical team made international medical history, performing the world's first successful separation of conjoined twins that shared a vital organ. They were born in Youngstown, Ohio on April 27th of 1956. The boys shared a liver but had separate hearts and were successfully separated at Northside Hospital in Youngstown, Ohio. The operation was funded by the Ohio Crippled Children's Service Society, um, and then there were infants uh, Rose and Grace who were conjoined from Malta were separated by court order in Great Britain. Wow, over a rel- court order. Yep. So they were separated over court order over the religious objection of their parents. The twins were attached at the lower abdomen and spine. The surgery took place in November of 2000 in Manchester. The operation was controversial because Rose, the weaker twin, would die as a result of the procedure as her heart and lungs were dependent on Grace's. However, if the operation had not taken place, it would be certain that both twins would die. Wow. Grace survived to enjoy a normal childhood. Jeez. So, to confirm, the parents said, no, we don't want to do the surgery, and by court order, it was, yeah, basically. Well, I know that
0: there's some um, religious beliefs where they deny, like, modern medicine Mm -hmm. well and
1: also i could see why you are technically choosing to harm someone yeah and it's considered maybe unnatural to have surgery so i have heard of things like that happening so that uh, was the only one that i saw by court order wow yeah that's insane yeah um and then um this was the most recent that i found so krista and tatiana hogan canadian twins conjoined at the head were born in october of 2006 They share a part of their brain and can pass sensory information and thoughts between each other. Oh, my gosh. That is literally (laughs) (laughs) mind-blowing. I can't even imagine. That would be crazy. Um, The other notable fact that I saw was that um, there have been cases of
0: triplets where two of the triplets are conjoined. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. There's not a lot of room in that womb. It's true. So after learning all of that about the stories of all of those conjoined twins, it really left me with a feeling of survival and resilience and adaptability that these people had to have. So this led me to putting a little bit of research into disability prejudice and how people live with these sort of differences. I did learn that a different form or way to discuss these terms rather than saying that someone is disabled, saying that they are differently abled, which I think really brings to light what people had to go through to survive. If we go back and think about all of the people we talked about today, many of them became part of sideshows or circus acts Mm or oddity traveling groups to make their living and to you know survive without being ostracized and yeah. shunned from their communities instead people were paying just to witness their presence um i think that really says a lot
1: yeah the idea of drawing attention to yourself so other people don't draw
0: attention to you exactly an example of this would be um how disabled people survived in the holocaust On July 14th of 1933, the Nazi government instituted the Law of Prevention of Progeny with Hereditary Diseases. This law, one of the first steps taken by the Nazis towards the goal of creating an Aryan race, called for the sterilization of all people who suffered from diseases considered hereditary, such as mental illness, learning disabilities, physical deformity, so this would be conjoined twins Mm -hmm. epilepsy blindness deafness and severe alcoholism with this law being passed the propaganda against these types of people was brought up quite a bit Um, basically it was projected that these people were unworthy of living or life and they were useless and they took up food and resources and they were a burden upon society so they didn't fit into the Aryan race which is just insane it's so sad Mm -hmm. obviously we know nazis freaking suck so it is awful to hear this um but just a few laters the prosecution of people with disabilities escalated even further than that in the autumn of 1939 hitler secretly authorized a medically administered program of mercy death code named operation t4 between 1940 and 1941, approximately 70,000 Australian and German disabled people oh. were killed under the oh. T4 program, most via large-scale operations such as poison gas. Oh jeez. Yeah. Although Hitler formally altered a halt to the program in late August of 1941, the killings secretly continued until the war ended resulting in the murder of 275,000 people just with disabilities. So that's not talking about the total headcount of the Holocaust. 275,000 people. So when I was reading about Siamese twins or conjoined twins, all I could think about was this documentary that I watched on Netflix many years ago about um little people or dwarves who were in the holocaust as well who survived by becoming entertainers and i think one term that is very important to recognize is calling these people differently abled rather Mm -hmm. than disabled because this doesn't take into account that these people can join twins people with blindness deafness all sorts of deformities whatever these people have different abilities than us Mm -hmm. if they lack in one aspect they gain it in the other and their mentality is what's going to power them forward in this world and society to keep them surviving i think the reason that humans have come as far as they have today just in general is because our resilience to our environment and adapting to social norms and i think Siamese twins had to fight to get where they were to even get to the age of 60 in some cases Mm -hmm. um, because there is a prejudice against people with disabilities Um, they don't have as much access to economic and educational opportunities they don't have access to medical care sometimes and they're excluded from social interactions in many cases that I've read about even in modern times there's been can join twins who have run into problems with public education where they have been ostracized because of the fact that they're just straight up in um, distraction to quote unquote normal students
1: oh that's awful i know
0: there are some people who are illiterate because they cannot continue to go to school oh. because of the harassment that they receive for just being different people It's not widely understood in political, legal, or social institutions that are depended upon to put anti-discrimination laws in place. Most individuals who take time to educate themselves about the persistent prejudice against people with disabilities are themselves abled or they don't have to think about it relative to a disabled person. They're just thinking about... Maybe someone in their life who is disabled or someone they know, someone they know, knows somebody who's disabled. And they're trying to make policies based on those assumptions. Um, But even still, it's not bringing the access that these people need to live in our society and have normal lives. Um, Non-disabled people commonly stereotype disabled people as sick, dumb, repulsive, or even violent. As we talked about before. With the original Siamese brothers, when they got married to those two sisters, they were basically treated as beasts. Like, people were talking that they were monsters, not even human beings when this was happening. And they overcame it all. And with anything, I think what we can leave today with about conjoined twins is that they adapted and they became heroes of their own lives and they made a living based on what other people deemed crazy or monstrous or just out of ordinary when for them they just became performers and they're like, you know what? If you're going to judge me, at least you're going to pay to freaking do it. Yeah. And then I benefit and you can buy a 200-acre property and have two wives and carry on with your merry way. So I think that proves a lot about what these people go through and I think it says a lot about differently abled people in this world and the resilience that they have to what can come their way. And I I learned a lot through researching these folks and I'm really happy to have learned a lot more about their experience because I'll leave a better person because of it.
1: Thank you for joining us this week. You can all subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts to hear us again next week. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have intriguing stories or maybe more information about the stories that we've shared that you want to share with us, we'd love to hear more. Um, so you can email us at friendsfascinated at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us on Twitter or DM us on Instagram. We can't wait to blow your mind next week with more curiosities. You just listen to another episode of Friends Fascinated. Thanks for listening.